Hi again, everybody. Moms and dads, boys and girls, welcome to The Chatter. This is episode 63 on Tuesday. We're recording on Tuesday, the 25th of October. In the name of the Father, Father and the and Son, and, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Remember, O oh, most gracious Virgin Mary, that, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Colleen is in the house. We're crowded down here today. Yeah, and we got Hager back. Yep. Hager was Hager last week. I was Hager last week. Yeah, I was. I was dying. And yeah. we have one half of the greater and the lesser. We settled for the lesser. Oh, we got this, the lesser this week here. How you doing? Which this week is the greater? Which is the greater <laughs> yeah. by default? <laughs> Good one. Many compliments from your daughters singing here last oh, week. Oh, the Miller girls yeah. singing yeah. at the conference. Yeah. Now Samantha's married. Yep. Still happily married. One down. <laughs> Still happily married, yeah. Just closing their house up there in Boscobel last Friday. Isn't that exciting? Good. Yep. Good. It's wonderful. Yeah. Good to see going on here. All right. It was a uh, great Wednesday, uh, the 19th, down at the Grand River Center. Great crowd. Uh, great, great talks. And it was good to be in and around people of the same faith and, yeah. and being able to talk out there. Colleen, you... You weren't there when we were praying for you and for mother. Yes, my mother had um, a couple benign cysts removed um, down in Iowa City, so I had to miss it. But on the good, on the uh, the good news is she's recovered so well; it's unbelievable. She hasn't even taken a Tylenol since she got home, so I hope I have those genes. Yes. <laughs> so thank you for all the prayers. I am sorry to have missed it, but I'm glad she's better. We hope to have some audio on that uh, on the. Yeah, I want to on listen the website, to his talk. On the, on the mobile app. I have to check it out. So I got a wonderful, uh, this will be in the ox. I got a beautiful letter from a, um, a listener, a new listener. Get a load of this. So you can't write this script anywhere. The gentleman says, uh, I, I live in Prairie du Chien, but I work in, in Grant County. And evidently he travels for his job and he's in Grant County and he says I didn't know anything about you I heard about you during the fireworks heard about <laughs> you during the fireworks now the fireworks he's talking is the 4th of July fireworks right. and our good friends at Radio Dubuque are the sponsors and they are gracious enough to invite us to participate with them uh, we have great relationship with Radio Dubuque and all the radio stations but but Radio Dubuque is you know, a big brother in a sense. And so we participate in the, in the Radio Dubuque fireworks on the 4th of July or the 3rd of July. And this gentleman hears about Catholic Radio in Dubuque, knows nothing about that. So he starts listening, but he can't listen all of the time, except when he's down close to Dubuque, which is, is uh, what, Keeler, Dickeyville, yeah, exactly. maybe Cuba mm-hmm. City or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm discovers the mobile app mm. now as he's working all over from from dickieville to prairie to sheen listening and he says i'm orthodox catholic and 
I'm better for having listened to KCRD. That's awesome. That's cool. That is awesome. Unbelievable. You think we uh, try to do that, and we did try to do that, but there's one in a row. (laughs) Well, okay, there's one, and and I'm not doing on I can better that story. I just have another story to share. We were at the... It starts now. (laughs) (laughs) We were at the log cabin a couple weeks ago, and we were going to meet some priest friends there for dinner, and they got there a little earlier than us, and they sat at the bar, and they had their collars on, and the young man says to them, the bartender, he says, oh, you guys are Catholic priests. He said, you know, I'm starting to come back to the faith. I'm listening to that um, 98.3 FM station. Wow. And they, and they both went, oh, oh, oh we, know, we know those folks. In Galena, the bartender at Log Cabin. He's like, yeah, I start my morning with Pat Madrid. And then, I mean, he went on and he said, I listened all the way up to Terry and Jesse. Isn't that <laughs> That's awesome? That's awesome. That yeah. is so cool. And if, and if he's in Galena, if you're in the Galena Valley <clears throat> down Main Street, you need the mobile app. Then you need Because you're in, you're in a dead zone. Yeah, you're yeah. in a dead zone. So I just thought that was awesome that the bartender at Log Cabin is is on his way back to the faith and listening to 98.3 so now i got a quick story about eucharistic adoration so uh saturday i i've been going through a tough time you know we have let's put right. it that way for the last uh, couple of weeks and so i got a, a text message and it says from a good friend of ours and she's in eucharistic adoration and she says you are heavy on my heart i don't know what's going on but do you need prayers Mm-hmm. So I text her back and I said, "Yes, we need prayers. This is what's going on." And she said, "I knew it. I could feel it in adoration." And I thought that was so cool mm. because I get those feelings once in a while, and I will reach out to people. Sure. And uh, but that was so cool to get that from somebody else, you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is in there praying. Mm-hmm. And so I was up at the arboretum and ran into her yesterday. And I said, I don't think it was any coincidence that you and I just met up here today, mm-hmm. because what you what you were praying for and what you know how you reached out to me meant so much to to us, mm-hmm. you know, to Don and I. Mm-hmm. That I said, it's God's with us all the time, mm-hmm. and He's just you know He's there for us. Mm-hmm. We just got to be open to you know. Be open and share those kinds of stories to encourage one another. If someone's on your heart, you know, maybe they do need prayers. Right. And maybe you do need to call them and say, hey, you're on my heart. Is there something I can pray for right now? Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. More yeah. the body of Christ. That's awesome. Yep. I think that comes through with those events that we host, those uh, evangelization conferences where people are... Uh, you know they're mostly Catholic. They're not everybody comes, but they're they're in tune with Christ. They pr- they're praying for one another, and they're the, the spirit is active among that. Brad, you you talk about that with your your family among families in your parish over here at Saint Augustine's. How uh, intertwined family life is between thirty different families. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> When you're in, I feel like when you're in the presence of other people, it really helps to get a real, get a feel for what's going on. I mean, the spirit starts moving and you do get a feel for what's going on. You can really pick up on stuff. And that's, it kind of reminded me of like back to the, the KCDR, KCRD dinner last week, how you start to meet some people that you didn't otherwise, maybe didn't otherwise know, you knew them by name Mm -hmm. and now you're family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now you can kind of pick up on those same kind of Holy Spirit moments. 
and pray for him for different mm-hmm. things. You hear the name, you hear stuff going on, and, and you can offer up prayer. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want to be a part of it? It is a beautiful thing. Acts of the Apostles, Acts uh, 29, huh? Isn't that Ricardo's that's, thing, Acts, Acts 29? That's, that's Ricardo. Yeah. What a good there priest. Is no 28th, there's a 28th is the last chapter in Acts. Correct. So we are Acts 29. Writing it yeah. as we speak. That's right. Excuse me. What's the uh, the date? Is the twenty fifth? Who's our saint? Yeah, today is um, this weekend. This show will air on Saturday, October twenty eighth, and Sunday the twenty ninth. So Saturday, October twenty eighth, it's our friends Simon and Jude. Mm-hmm. So I kind of thought, why is Jude the patron saint of hopeless causes? Do you guys know? Yeah, I had I, never. I, I never knew why. Now, Jude is often depicted, in fact, there's a beautiful statue of him in St. Raphael's Cathedral in, mm. the, uh, in the catacombs down at the lower level. Jude is often depicted with the medallion at his chest, mm-hmm. which is the, the um, do I say icon, the image of Christ. And I'm trying to remember that story because I read it a while ago, but I remember that's who, who it is. What's what's the background on I, that? I don't know Did why the it? image of Christ that he wears a pendant, but this article, which is from Catholic News Agency, says that he is typically depicted with a club or axe, mm-hmm. symbolizing the way he died, as well as with a flame above his head, which refers to Pentecost. But they don't say why the medallion Lesser will figure that out. Lesser can, well, just Google it, right? So, yeah. so, but why is he the patron? That's so this story says that an experience Jude, St. Jude had while he lived in the city of Edessa is said to be the reason why he's associated with lost causes. According to the ancient church historian Eusebius, while Jesus was still alive, the ruler, Abgar V of Edessa, was afflicted with an incurable and painful disease. He had heard of the miracles of Jesus and wrote him a letter requesting a visit. Jesus responded that he would send one of his disciples. After Jesus' ascension into heaven, Jude went to evangelize near the city of Edessa and went to visit Abgar. Jude laid his hands on the sick ruler and he was instantly healed. Mm. So... I did not know that story. Never heard that before. Yeah. I love his prayer, the prayer to impossible causes mm-hmm. by Jude. Mm-hmm. For, to Jude, I should say. So now you know the rest of the story. The rest of the story. And do we have anything on Simon? Oh, no, I don't. Sorry. Who is, what is he the patron? I don't even know what he is the patron of. we got to pull that up here. We, know. We, what is St. Simon bought, the patron of? I bought you that book on the saints and the calendars and all of that, and I took it off your desk here. You did. It's upstairs in my other study. Simon the Zealot? In the chapel, yeah. Simon the Apostle, the patron of tanners, according to the Catholic Encyclopedia. Hmm. I don't think they mean people who lay outside to bronze Spray tanning or bronze. <laughs> or suntan city. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that's the yeah. one. That ain't it. Yeah. That ain't it. Well, all right, what do we got here going on locally, regionally, nationally, galactically? Who's who's up? Well, go ahead, Colleen. Start. start let's start here. with some good news, right? Yeah. Why not? Although those stories were good news. 
Um, I see that the Archdiocese of Dubuque um, on October 24th issued a statement from the Archbishop, and it's entitled Gender, Bend, But Don't Break. And uh, it's a statement from him talking about the situation today about this gender dystopia where people feel like they're the opposite gender. And then he gives the Catholic worldview of that. And his conclusion says, quote, At this point in the gender discussion, we aren't able to go along with the idea that people can choose and change their gender rather than see it as a fact of nature. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was very encouraging. That's pretty clear. We're not able to go along with that. Right. So good for the archbishop. There we go. Well, and and along with that same line, I, I read about the Scotland bishops who stood up against this whole transgender uh, dysphoria thing that's going on. There's a bill over in Scotland that is being presented uh, this next week, I guess it is, that is saying you can no longer interfere with your children who want to change their gender. And the Scotland bishops are standing up going like, bull, you know? Really? This is not a case where the state or anybody else in government can make a decision to take away your rights and the children. So good for them. Good for them. Standing up against this, you know? Good for them. That's good to hear. Because we don't often get strong statements from our bishops. So when we get one... I'm cheering this. Yeah, got to, got to, and and the uh, bishops have the rightful place of of teaching uh, in the marketplace, in the public square, mm-hmm. and it's good to see it happening here in Scotland, and 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 especially in and around the the concept of parental rights, or should we say parental duties or responsibilities? What do you say, Lester? Yeah. I'm kind of hung up on the the last part of the statement a little bit because I didn't catch it the first time through. But when you when you say at this point, we're not able to. That's a curious that, phrase. That kind of alludes to the fact that is there a point where we can have this discussion? I mean, truth is truth. It's not going to change. So you wouldn't say at this point in the discussion, there is no point in the discussion where we could change. Yeah, I but don't, it's it's a good it's a good statement. I don't know if that's. <clears throat> substantive or more stylish sure hmm. I, my my sense is it's style well time will tell yeah yeah time will tell yep. but it was just it was just that just made me feel good that wonder what triggered that it's curious i mean just to come out on a why yes, here yes, now yeah, right because yeah, this here, has been going now? on for a long time right is this something being discussed locally? I'm not aware of. And I haven't haven't heard. I haven't heard even either. at the state level or anything. I'm not aware of any bills or anything. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. All right, we got about three minutes. Who's got uh, two minutes of talking? Here? Well, let's talk about the the English bishops coming out and saying, you know, about this uh, open confession thing that they want to do away with the privacy of confessions and stuff because you just this, lost everybody here. You got to set this up. Well, yeah. what well, they're talking the about is the secrecy of confession. 
The and seal of the confession. The seal, the seal of confession. They want to do away with that because who wants to do away? The, with that? The, well, the English bishops, but it's also being talked about in Australia that they the, want to do away with this as well. The English bishops want to rescind this. Rescind this? Yes, they do. What brought that up? It was about the um, the um, pedophiles uh, that come in and, and talk about you know this is what I did. And so all of a sudden now it's, you know, well, it, it led into a lot deeper, can, you know, th- this article led into a lot of deeper things. But even priests going to confession and saying, well, I did this and I did that. And they're saying, well, because of all this sexual deviancy Are you, re- that's are you reading that right? Are you saying that the English bishops as a conference are in favor? Yes. Yeah. Of revealing what's going on in in the confessional, yes, breaking the seal of the confession. Yeah, huh. I had not seen that. Me neither. Uh-huh. I thought it. I I thought I saw a headline that alluded to civil authority wanting to. Well, sure, civil authority's been wanting to break that right. seal for exactly. a long time, yeah. but, but you know, priests have died rather fact, than reveal. Pushing right, Ireland exactly. right now. Huh? I think. Yeah. Pardon me. I think Ireland right now. The civil authorities are trying to push. To, right, to break yeah. that seal. Well, the civil authorities in Ireland are importing snakes now, aren't they? Isn't that what's going on? <laughs> Praise be St. Patty. Where is he when we need him? Yeah. Well, you oh. know, it'd be interesting if the bishops are, the bishops in England and Australia are saying that, you know, that they're open to the idea of breaking the seal of the confessional. That's I got I gotta get a source on this. We gotta bring a headline up here. Yeah, because Canon Law says, quote, it's a crime for a confessor in any way to betray a penitent by word or in any other manner or for any other reason. I mean that for the it, bishops to go against such a clear teaching of right. canon law that's historically been in place for two thousand years. Correct. That's a big deal. Do we yeah. still follow canon law? <laughs> I got. I got well, quiet. With, I did it. With, that, that, that just <laughs> yeah. broke in here yeah, at the yeah, break. Yeah, at the yeah. break. Oh, on the darn, other, we on can't the other side that. of the break, oh, we'll darn. see. Uh, it's time for a break. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, we're coming back with the Spanish Inquisition right after this. <laughs> We are back. We are in the chatterbox, and we are chattering away today here. We are. Lots Epis- of chatter. Episode 63. I can't believe that first segment's over. No, that went quick. And Mark, you were talking about Great Britain, or this was English bishops here. English bishops. So I'll have to pull that story back up. We're going to find it know. here. We're not, yeah. we're not getting a yeah, we're not uh, confirmation. Getting, Colleen, yeah. what are you pulling up here? Uh, well, I just Googled um, Seal of Confession and English bishops, and, and they're so I'm not saying this is the end-all answer, because I think, Mark, you should find your source there. Right. This article from the tablet, which is the UK paper, Catholic paper, says that Bishop Paul Mason, who's a, a British bishop, said that mandatory reporting of confessions would turn the priest from a minister of God to an agent of the state, and the confessional cannot be compromised. So I'm wondering... You know, maybe we're hearing different things. Or yeah, well, I've got something so. from uh, Crux now that says that uh, let's see, in Australia, the Anglican Church in Australia complied with this law. Right? Yes. So the Anglicans yep. there, and then also the Church of England, which is Anglican, they're considering 
doing the same thing. So that could be what's... Oh. That okay. could be the confusion, because the end of okay. this article says the same thing. That maybe you were England thinking Anglican and bishops, the Anglican Mark. Maybe that was that. Yeah. Because okay. they still call them bishops, but they're just people dressed up. <laughs> Does that mean? Whoa. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> Trick or treat. Yeah, well, I was going to say. Trick they, or treat. Are they in clown outfits? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, but I think you're right. It might be Anglican, okay. so... This is how rumors get started. (laughs) Well, we take the seal of confessional pretty seriously. Absolutely. Now, you talked about a canonical penalty, but that's not one of the automatic excommunicators, is it? I think it it might be. Could be, because priests have gone to their their death to not reveal what's been said in the confessional. It could be an excommunicable. Are you with me on this, Lesser? According to church law, violating the seal of confession is an excommunicable offense. Uh Aha! And priests are supposed to defend the seal, even with their lives. Exactly. Exactly. Now, here's another point we might consider. These acts are sinful. These Which acts, acts? Well, pedophilia. Yes, yes, Whatever, yes, whatever yes. the topic, what? fill in the blank, yes. right. that civil authorities are approaching church authorities to be revealed in in the confessional, which has the seal of of confidentiality and silence, because you're really talking to Christ. Mm-hmm. The the priest is in persona Christi, and the priest is simply a conduit to the divinity. Yay! Eh? Right. Yeah. With me here. So these are gravely disordered actions, pedophilia, or fill in the blank for whatever. Uh, mortal sin, yeah. m- mortal sin. That's that's uh, that's going on here. So, if the confessor or the confessee, I should say, is not truly repentant, the confessor, the priest, is not bound to grant absolution to an unrepentant person. Part of repentance would be. Restitution, mm-hmm. yes, an amendment yep. of life, changing amendment their of behavior. Life. Yep. So, as part of the the counsel of the priest toward the penitent, the the person who has committed some grave act, could be, might be, should be. You need to make this right. Here. Mm-hmm. I yep. f- forgive you conditionally that you go to whatever authority and and make re- proper restitution mm. perhaps confessing mm-hmm. turning yourself into so you're civil. suggesting that if a, someone goes in there and says um i i'm a pedophile i did things with kids and i'm sorry that the priest could say to him okay if you truly are sorry you will show your repentance by turning yourself into the authority is that what you're saying i i'm suggesting that scenario is possible Yes. Yep. Well, you have to make restitution at some point. I mean, that's part of the confession. You know, that's part of your. I mean, if penance. you if you your, stole, part of let's your go. Penance. Let's go down a different right. avenue yeah. here. Yeah. Let's go in and say, Father, it's been forty years since my last confession. Here's my sins. I stole a Cadillac. When? On the way in here. Where is it? <laughs> but still idling out here. You know. Isn't the priest bound to say, return the Cadillac to its owner? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Now, that's an extreme right. example, and I'm doing it extremely to make a point, right? Mm-hmm. So if the sin was pedophilia, if the sin was 
rape, if the sin was uh, whatever the civil authorities are driving at in these jurisdictions. Australia, what did you have down there, Lesser? What what were the... It was pedophilia. Pedophilia. So it it seems to be in and around this this pedophilia, which, by the way, is rampant. Mm -hmm. Rampant. Yeah. Both in, I mean, anybody that's around children. Teachers, priests, mm. coaches. They just arrested a Wisconsin um, gym teacher. Right. 23 years old. Right. Now, we do have to be careful not to call them pedophiles, right? We're supposed to call them minor attracted people now? Yes, is that, yes, is yes, that yes, right? Yes, minor attracted yeah. people, that's it. Who invited him? <laughs> <laughs> is it a full moon? No, it's the new moon. It's, moon. it's the new moon. He's out. You'll make sure the greater shows up yeah. more often. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> Well, but breaking the seal of the confession, I just want to touch on something for a minute. I've heard that you should not take your cell phone in the confessional. Correct. And that priests should not have their cell phone. Right, exactly. No. Yeah, yeah. Never. Do people Never. realize their phone is always listening to them? Do people yeah. realize that? There was an article on this over hey, a Siri. year ago. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the, um, in the ox, in the right. bellowing ox, there was an article on this, and we got some response to that that was what's that all about did you need some space in the to fill in the who has gone on to gone to dinner or had some conversation whatever oh i'm looking at new roofing shingles or i really like that truck or we need to have some snow shovels whatever it is and then you're in your searching either on your phone or and your phones are all connected to your to your desktops and, and your iPads and your iPads and now all of a sudden you're seeing ads for snow shovels and roofing shingles. <laughs> Serious, it happened to us. We were talking about that little bump that happens between your driveway and your garage, and I said to Bill, maybe we need to get that fixed. Okay, that's a pretty obtuse kind of thing. Honestly, the next day on my Facebook <laughs> advertisements that came up was a company that can fill that little gap between your driveway and your garage. Oh my God. They also they also tie together your neighbors with your with yours. You'll get your what neighbors. What are you saying there? You'll what get you ads mean? from your neighbors' interests. How's that? Go deeper on that. Oh, I, just I based on geolocation because your phone always knows where you're at. So they'll and they even know where your network is a Wi-Fi network because it's identified. So it's got an IP address. Yeah. And then they go even a step further, and they tie those transactions into wherever you're buying stuff at stores, debit card, anything you use that way. All right, tie this back into what Colleen's talking about <laughs> with the phones in the, the confessional. Yeah. Always listening. And there are guys taking their phones in, in their pocket, women in their purses. I always leave it out on the organ. You know, if I have my cell phone with it, I'm... I, I had one guy look at it. Here, hey, you forgot your phone. No, I didn't forget my phone. <laughs> yeah. Just leave it there. Yeah, just leave yeah. it there. Yeah. But yeah. Colleen, your point. What's a priest doing with a phone in the confessional? I'll tell you what they're doing with the phone in the confessional. They're waiting for people to come in for confession, so they're praying the breviary huh. on an app. Yeah. Right? Okay. Okay. Then. I'm now just saying. I'm scared to death. Yeah. I'm just saying. I've heard about people, you know, being told leave your phone out of the confessional, but the priests need to leave it out of the confessional too. And I get the point. They're praying the breviary. Mm-hmm. Was well, so funny. A couple of weeks ago, Donna was talking to me about something, and it came up on her phone and it says, 
I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. What did you just say? <laughs> and I'm going like, Donna, you need to turn off your assistant on this phone. Who said you know, that? His name is Zing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my Zing Lord. Jing I King. didn't catch that. You know, I'm like, I hope you didn't catch any of this, you know. Oh, seriously. Maybe we need to rerun that Ox article. Maybe we do. <laughs> but anybody that's listening, leave your cell phone in the car when you go to confession. And if you're a priest listening, leave your cell phone back in the rectory when you go to confession. Yep. Pick up the old-fashioned book, Brevery, if you want to pray a Brevery. Indeed. Yep. How did we get onto that? I'm not sure. I'm not oh, sure it, was, it was the uh, seal of the confession. There you go. Yeah. Somewhat related, there's um, there's going to be a talk up in Platteville. It would be Friday the 4th of November. Hold on. Yep. Given by a professor up there. Friday and the 4th. The title of it is Culture of Addiction. Ooh. And I've heard him give... I heard people talk about the talk that he gave. He did, he gave this at one of their banquets up in uh, Lacrosse. Lacrosse, yeah. And he they said it's absolutely amazing. And Father John likes to say that it's like um, he explains giving your oh, kid a, a cell phone or a smartphone is way more than just giving them a crack pipe. It's giving them all of the crack they could ever need. It's kind of how he explained it. So. Mm-hmm. And he ran over his talk time by about an hour, from my understanding. Oh, my goodness. So. Now, is this the first Friday speaker that yes, we're talking about? So yep. Friday, November 4th, Mass at 5, followed yep. by dinner, followed by the speaker at St. Augustine's in Platteville. You bet. Good. That's awesome. I'm going. What's the name? Of you, the speaker? Yeah. It's on the... Uh, I have a flyer. The chatterbox here. Uh, Aaron Zarea. Yeah, I probably who is that. who is a faculty member at the University of Wisconsin Plantville, is yep. my understanding, but has a, a great insight to addiction by way of telephones, cell phones, mm-hmm. and he's saying you might you, you would be better off giving fentanyl to your children than giving them a cell phone. Wow. Now I'm paraphrasing, but that's no, the but, gist of what's. But that's a point well taken because people, human beings, are wired to look at light and sound i mean just walk into a casino mm-hmm. and everyone's you know slack jaw just pulling the thing lights and sound we're just addicted to it um so it's a it's an addiction that i think is getting more and more traction just how dangerous it is how it oh. rewires your brain and then everything has to be instant right patrick madrid talked about this this morning he said one of the the uh the number one reason White, white kids go to their parents and say, I need a cell phone, is because of my safety. So you know where I'm at and what I'm doing. He said that's the number one reason that kids give sure to their do. parents. Sure because they put the guilt on them that if I'm not safe, it's because of you not giving me my cell phone. So did he say what parents <laughs> should say in return? Yeah, don't. You're not getting one. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Sorry. He is so dead set against us. I'll put a chip in your arm. How's yeah, that work? Exactly. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's next. Yeah. Thank you, comrade father. <laughs> That's next. Oh, baby. Wow. What else you got? Any? I've got I got a great okay. story for pro life. So Joe Gallagher um, <coughs> from Church Militant was in the Boston uh, Men's March for Pro Life this last weekend. And he gave his testimony on church militant the other night and it was uh it was unbelievable because he said what they did was he said they were walking and he said then you have all these clowns and they were dressed up as clowns that were marching 
with them against them okay they're all pro-choice and they're all got their signs and they're blowing their horns and doing everything they can to distract us but he said so what what happened is he said that wasn't bad enough when we got to the um the state house in boston he said then that's when we ran into church Mil- or to um antifa they had called in antifa groups to really go after these guys. And they had signs up there, we want to kill you. So Joe Gallagher is standing there, and he's face-to-face with these guys. And he said, do you really want to kill me? And they said, yes, we do. And he said, so I stood right in their face and just talked to them and tried to talk to them. And he said, "What the?" so there was two points to this whole thing. He said, one is, you absolutely have to love these people because they are children of God and they may change their mind in at some point and and their hearts the other thing was he said it was interesting that he got to know two people that were on the two young people that were about his age and that were on the pro-choice you know side and he said I so he said I gave out my cell phone number to the crowd and he said if you want to talk talk to me let's let's have so he said we ended up going to dinner and he said for two hours we sat there and talked and laughed and everything but he said my whole point was i i told them my side of the story but he said we could talk to each other not scream not yell not violence nothing just talk mm-hmm. about my side of the story their side of the story mm-hmm. but the other thing is he said you have to love people no matter where you're at the biggest thing he came away with is you have to, if you got to be willing to die for what you stand for. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting. He said a lot of people stand for things, but he said, are they willing to die for it? Mm-hmm. That was really interesting, mm-hmm. I'll tell you. Well, it's interesting that dialogue and conversation re-enter the uh, public square in an, in, an rage, in an age when rage is, is mostly the exchange here's a headline here guys i don't know if anybody caught it other than me lesser i don't think we talked about this but georgia's governor race is up here and we uh, most of us are familiar with stacy abrams oh. and in a um, recent interview i think the question when something like this uh, that Governor Abrams, Stacy, you're you're making abortion an issue when most of the electorate is talking about economics, inflation, jobs, inflation, and then they're talking about inflation. And she says, "Well, but that's what abortion is all around. Because the reason you want an abortion is because you can't afford your food and your house and your clothing here." Abortion is really an economic issue. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So if you can't afford your groceries, go kill your kid. Pretty right. much. That's wow. the next step beyond that, isn't it, Lesser? Yeah. Yeah, it would be. I mean, think about that. Wow. That's where they're going. Wow. Now, those of us with children and grandchildren, regardless of the economic times, let's take a look at the Christmas photos and the and the uh, which one. Do we want to just take the big black marker out and, and take out yeah. of this here? But this is where um, this is where it's going here. Uh, Stacy Abrams holding, connecting abortion to inflation during an MSNBC interview. Folks, if you don't think 
what you're hearing on the chatter is for real here. I got a couple of questions on that. The other day I had somebody, it was uh, down at the uh, event with Father uh, Bill Casey. I've got about 40 seconds here to wrap this, this concept up in this segment. But, it's in, you know, a lot of crazy headlines, bad news going on there. And, and where are you going with that in the chatter? And, and, and the direction that we're going, folks, is it's all about evangelization. You can't tell where you're going if you can't figure out where you're f trying to flee from. And the trajectory in and around America and the world is just horrific. And this story about the Georgia gubernatorial race is exactly, exactly the problem here. Think about that, folks. Abortion is an economic issue here in the, in the family. Uh, on that notice, uh, Coming up in, in uh, segment three here in a couple of minutes, but before we break, we just got some new recordings from Dubuque County Right to Life with some young women. I think there's five or six new uh, public service announcements that are just going to break your heart. Young women who are saying, Dubuque County Right to Life, help me, and, and uh, what's going on there. We'll be right back on the chatter after these announcements. Back in the chatterbox, we've got Colleen with us here again. Yes, good I'm to still see here. You. Yep, good to be seen. And Hager's here. Yep, it's always good to see Mark. I don't know. And yes, it is. How, it's is that, coming up on Halloween, so there's noises in the background that we're kind of... I think uh, it's the Richter scale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or your chair. And the, and the lesser's here. You yeah, bet. we don't often get Brad the lesser with us. Yeah, not, well, not without the greater. You almost have to take them side by side. Here. Do people know what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, so do they Miller. know that there's two Brads? Yeah. Well, that's the problem. I mean, that's the, uh, the situation here. The, 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 it's not a problem we have two Brads. It's a problem that they're both Brads. They're both Brad M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that all that drove me nuts in 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 the corporate world here. You'd get somebody, oh, he's Mark M. He's Mark H. Huh? <laughs> so did you give them the nicknames the elder or the greater and the lesser i did i did oh you did it and then they tried to figure out why he was the greater and why he was the lesser and then you know they immediately you know come to the fact that well I, i'm actually older than he is is brad markham older than you yeah okay yeah that's what you're going for i thought maybe you're yeah. going for all his degrees <sighs> he's probably got a new one that guy reads quickly doesn't he yeah do you ever see the books he consumes he had a book on sunday he just got that morning and i was like how far in are you well, i just got it so how far in are you yeah 400 <laughs> pages yeah <laughs> me me and evelyn wood didn't go real well we want to know if the book has pictures in it yeah. that's what we want to know yeah, we're doing that here well like i said five episodes ago i'm still in purgatory yet <laughs> i'm only halfway through it <laughs> Uh, which yeah all right okay we got a couple of headlines we got to hit through here yeah. uh, another local story and one an international story mm -hmm. you go first okay so one more statement from the archbishop it's always good to do local stuff right here so this 
a show will broadcast on October 28th and 29th, and then on Friday, November 4th. So mm -hmm. right up to the election. Um, and I see that the Archbishop of Dubuque is encouraging people to oppose the firearms ballot measure that will be on the ballot on November 8th. Now, my understanding is that this measure would add the right to keep and bear arms to Iowa State Constitution. I thought we already had that right through the federal Second Amendment. We to do. To keep and bear arms. We do. That is a part of the Bill of Rights, the Second Amendment. So I'm not sure here how the measure would add the right to keep and bear arms to Iowa State Constitution. Well, this has been in the Iowa legislature for some years, if not decades. To my understanding, I was one of perhaps six states that don't have that provision in its mm. state constitution. Mm. Well, it would, besides adding that, it would also require any gun restrictions be applied with to, quote, strict scrutiny. Now, most people don't understand that. Strict scrutiny is a legal term. It is, it is saying that uh, we'll take this down to street level, that justices upon review would, would view any legislation under strict scrutiny. In other words, they would look at it in the context of the state's constitution. In other words, they wouldn't, they would, they would, it's, it's a high, it's the highest level of judicial review of bills and then legislation that has been enacted by the executive. Well, I've seen yard signs around that say vote no on measure, whatever the measure number is. But as Catholics, can we look at this from a Catholic perspective? Don't Catholics believe in the right to self-defense? Well, the right to keep and bear arms? I, I think Aquinas goes further than that. What do you got, Lesser? Well, I just, out of the Catechism, paragraph 2264, um, this is where it's explaining what the church means by legitimate defense. Love towards oneself remains a fundamental principle of morality. Therefore, it is legitimate to insist on respect for one's own right to life. Someone who defends his life is not guilty of murder, even if he is forced to deal his aggressor a lethal blow. Right. So the church, the Catholic Church, says you have the right to defend yourself, even if it means that you would give a lethal blow to someone, right? Yes. So I guess it's Doesn't hard. Doesn't Aquinas go further than that? I don't know. We need Brad the Greater. We need the Greater. Sorry, I'm the lesser. What is? What do you think Aquinas well, says? Well, I think Aquinas says that there is a, uh, a responsibility to defend the innocent. Okay. I think you're right. Right. Okay, that's good. And most people don't understand that the, the Bill of Rights, after the Constitution was enacted for the colonies, the 13 colonies, and, and the states became a nation, the Bill of Rights went then, so the, this, you know, this is historical review, the, the states went to the people. The Bill of Rights are the, are the rights of the people that they shall retain these rights, the freedom of assembly, the freedom of religion, and the freedom of speech. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights are designed to limit government's power. The United States Constitution is different than any document 
in the world, different than the Magna Carta. The Magna Carta petitioned King John, I think it's King John, who where where the 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 earls, the nobles, the 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 knights of the of the land, that the king would grant them certain rights and titles and deeds. Not so with the Constitution. What does it say in the Constitution? We hold these rights, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. See the distinction between the Magna Carta where the king granted rights to the nation, right. to the nobles. But the people in the colonies that are now the United States says, uh-uh. Our Lord God Almighty has endowed us with certain unalienable rights, that among these are the right to life, to liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that's how the Constitution of the United States is designed. And the Bill of Rights say that the Constitution is designed to limit the power. What, what isn't designated to the federal government is retained by the state governments, and what, what isn't enumerated to the state governments is retained by the people. See, this is very important here, and not many people get this, including some bishops. What jurisdictions anywhere in the country where there are, where you have, I will go so far to say where you have the most severe restrictions on gun ownership and gun sales is where you have the largest carnage. I will give you South Chicago as an example. I will give you De Detroit as an example. Philadelphia. New York City have these urban areas have the most restrictive gun laws for sales, for transfers, for ownership, for background checks, whatever it is to do it. And it has had the direct opposite, the disproportionate. And, and I, I know some of the people even here in town that are petitioning for this. God love them. It doesn't work. We have the right to defend ourselves, and we have the obligation to defend the defenseless. It's the just war theory that you would pull up out of the catechism here, too. Well, that's right, because when they start to try to infringe on your gun rights, the law-abiding people will turn over their guns, meaning it's only the criminals who have it's the guns not, it's left. It's not gun rights. It's the right to bear arms. It's the right to bear arms. It doesn't say any, you know, that's why they want to come in. The, the, the founding fathers were quite wise. You know, there were, there were barrel-loaded muskets in the 18th century. doesn't say you have the right to bear arms a gun, a handgun, or a high-capacity magazine. It says you have the right to bear arms because technology changes. So, and why is that so important? The first amendment to the Constitution in the Bill of Rights says freedom of speech. It doesn't say freedom of newspapers. Radio wasn't invented in 1776. Neither was Twitter or Facebook or cell phones was it? There was no idea of what a computer was. It says freedom of speech, not freedom of newspapers. It doesn't say freedom of, of, you know. By the way, it protects freedom of religion. It doesn't say freedom for the Catholic Church or the Baptist Church 
or the fundamentalist or the Quakers, it says freedom of religion. Everything's included here. Be careful when you start to limit this because these laws become punitive toward the individual. The rights of the individual trump the rights of the state, trump the rights of the federal government. So has this ever come up before, Tom, in this, that they wanted to add this to, the, to our state? Um, I don't have the exact uh, legislation, but this constitutional amendment is not new. I think it's been bantered about for most of a decade here in the state of Iowa. That's what my research and conversation has shown. I, d I don't have that in front of me. I didn't know Colleen because was going there. Because <laughs> doesn't he state in, in there, uh, the archbishop, that the the uh, all other th the other three bishops in Iowa all signed this letter stating the same thing, and he said... Well, he I, thought, I thought it was the bishops of Iowa in yeah. unison. Well, he said he didn't know anything about this letter. Yeah, this hmm. article says Iowa faith leaders from eight Christian denominations put out a letter early this week against the amendment, including um, Bishop Johnson of Des Moines, Bishop Zinkula right. of Davenport, but it doesn't say the Sioux City Bishop Nicholas signed it. Yeah, They argue the amendment goes against Jesus' teachings about nonviolence and that it would increase violence and death. Which is I just Jesus exactly. said, if you don't have a sword, go buy one. Right. That's, yeah. the, that's why I put Tom right here. Didn't, didn't he? he did. Matthew? Yeah. He did. I get the bishops where they're going with this here. They'd like to do it. But that's it's, not reality. But it's, it's, it's the exact opposite of what you just said about Chicago and these other ones. And, no. You know, you take away our guns or you, you limit our guns and, to protect ourselves. And what happens? Look at, look at where mass shootings are happening. In places with signs that say "gun-free zones." Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So you don't think the criminals go, "Oh, wait, this wait, is a gun-free zone. <laughs> I can't bring my gun in here." Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> and further, you know, if <laughs> if you grow up in the hood, you got a whole different perspective of it here. My brother used to say, "The only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun." Yeah. Yeah. Well, we beat that horse. Okay. <laughs> so, and that so with on November this point 8th, we disagree. November eighth, get out and vote. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> on the amendment. Well, educate. Read the amendment. Right. Yeah. Read the Constitution. Read the Bill of Rights and read the headlines. Yeah. Well, and clearly, sometimes these issues are used as just a way to try and get one side out to vote, trying to get them activated. So they're trying to get. They're trying to blunt the other side. And, and let's be clear about this. We're not promoting violence of any kind or gun violence or murder or anything. We're, we're provo promoting common sense and that we have a responsibility to defend ourselves, our property, and those who and are defenseless. Our families. Our families. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's do that. So... Anyway, and the silence descends. Yes. So that was my only other one. Now, you've got something that you said was more international. Well, this just broke. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing this break this morning here out of Vatican News, Lesser, at uh, about noontime here. Cardinal Perelin, who is the Cardinal Secretary of State 
for the Vatican speaks to, he speaks at the EWTN dinner, the EWTN dinner at Frisati on Wednesday evening. So this is, this is what, last, last weekend mm-hmm. here, but it, it breaks. But Cardinal Pietro Perlin, the Cardinal Secretary of State, addresses the friends from EWTN. He's grateful that he's here, but he goes on. It's about a 800-word uh, uh, communication that he does, and he just takes EWTN to task. Specifically, Raymond Arroyo, the, the vaulted, that's uh, one of the most popular mm-hmm. shows on KCRD. Mm-hmm is the world over and you know he's basically saying that EWTN is taking a position which could create schism. Did he use that word? I think well he said that um, it deals directly with the three sources of scandal so he says that EWTN thinks they are guardians of truth. Now wait a minute he's talking to EWTN right? Yes. And like he's he's dissing them he's taking them to the woodshed okay keep going i'm just yeah he says they they think they're the guardians of truth that they undermine the papal magisterium and church communion and he says that they are erecting a wall between rome and u.s catholics wow i would say you have done that yourself wow so he doesn't use the word schism but erecting a wall between rome yeah it's just a fancy way of saying it right well, because they've got that reporter over in Rome that does all these. I mean, I know you've seen him on Church Militant many times, they, and oh, he talks sure. about all the stuff that's going on in Rome. Whether it's whether it's the you know what, the one that we talked about, Brad. When I walked in here, was the the Pope appointed these new people to the uh, oh yeah, the to radical the, pro-abortion atheist <laughs> to, to the to Pontifical the, Academy of Abortion. Ab- yeah, I mean life. Life. Yeah. I mean whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here I would like to recall what your founder, Mother Angelica, used to say. It is our duty to speak the truth, and each person can either assume or not assume this duty, but the truth must, above all, be within us. We should always keep this statement in mind and have the same awareness. The truth does not belong to us. We serve the truth. Nice. And we can serve it only in love and unity. We are the custodians of truth. We are not its owners. The truth is in us. And we have to be humble and have the courage to know how to welcome it, even if at times it does not present itself as we not not expect. But here, the, here's the trajectory here, folks. Uh, I think we talked about it. It's it's not just the Latin Mass. It's not just the uh, seminaries that have been closed in in France, the cloistered nuns out in Pennsylvania, and where else? There was another. Uh, convent or cloister that was uh, closed here this is this is just interesting that uh, it's not an engagement of EWTN it's an admonishment and it's and it's a veiled cloak of of fomenting schism here you know um, EWTN my understanding so correct me if I'm wrong EWTN operates at the leisure of the bishops right like they have bishops on their board, sure. they work with the bishops, they you know, they they wouldn't go somewhere if a bishop didn't want them. Correct. So so what does this mean? I mean it's 
almost a veiled threat that the bishops are going to pull their support of EWTN. Bishop against bishop. Yeah. Where have we heard I'm that looking. before? Gee, I wonder. Let me think mm. about that for a second. <laughs> yeah. Then you I mean, throw a little story in there about Bishop Schneider being denied um, access to pray a mass in a diocese out to the southeast. The bishop of the church being denied the right, the ability, the permission to oh, say yeah. mass. What was that? What was that? That was. It's there's there's not really any news stories on it, so it's yeah. more. No, I heard hearsay, that. I heard that. What are we doing? Have we gone over long, Mark? Yeah, yeah a little bit long. Oh, yeah. yeah, we get our we get our hands slapped again this week. You know. Well, I guess no we're time quiet. for trivia. I guess okay. this is the end of episode sixty-three here on the chatter. In the name of the, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Tune in again next week. We love you. And remember, you can't be evangelized if you don't know the truth.